Hello and welcome to episode 231 of the Veg Grow Podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow food in my allotment and garden. Today's the 27th of July 2019 and today I am going to be talking about a few of my thoughts on some of the more unusual edible crops that I've grown and what I think about them. Now that's going to come up a bit later on but before that of course we have the diary. Today is Wednesday the 24th of July 2019. It's about seven o'clock in the evening and I am on the allotment. Last night and tonight I have managed to finish work at a reasonable time that I've got to the allotment. And I've spent a lot of time pulling out a lot of weeds on the main beds. Now I seem to be spending a lot of time at the moment weeding and it's, it's a pain. But now that... I've got back on top of it, it's starting to look really, really good again. I'm really pleased with myself. While I was weeding, I lifted off the covers off my brassicas, and these were purple sprouting broccoli, cabbage, kale, and cauliflower underneath them. And I'm really impressed with them. They've grown so well. The cabbages are hearting up and look like we're going to get some really nice cabbages. The kale, I mean, we can pick the kale now, some of the leaves, and um, they're a nice size. So, yeah, really, really happy. I've also noticed that the runner beans that I'm growing for a little competition, I don't normally grow competition stuff, but this was a challenge set down by a listener, Dave Ford, also a group member in the Facebook group. He sent me a challenge. He's given me some runner bean seeds and we're having a competition to see who can grow the longest runner bean. And I got mine in a little later than what he did, but they are growing and they are growing of a good size. Some of mine are over eight inches so far in fact there's one that's probably about 10 inches so yeah really really pleased with it i'm just really pleased myself for actually now finding the time to get back on top of this allotment and starting to get it looking like a respectable allotment it's still a long way to go and i i don't think i'm going to achieve my aim this year of keeping the allotment weed free and not letting the weeds get on top of me but There's always next year to do better. And if I can beat a lot of it this year, then next year there should be this. And that's the hope. Well, I'm going to go home for some tea now. And hopefully tomorrow we'll be able to get back down here and do a bit more. Well, today is Saturday the 27th of July 2019. I'm just in the garden at the moment. Chickens are out and I think they're going to go back to bed soon. As it's getting late on in the evening. Now, the last few days I have been down the allotment quite a bit in the evenings, getting on top of these weeds. And that's handy because I've had an email from the council about weed um, and, and lack of cultivation. Now, the weeds are kind of expected and I don't think that's what their main focus in. The trouble is, I think, they can't see what I'm growing because it just looks like everything's a weed. It's, it's not, it's just the way things grow. And the lack of cultivation is, um, you've got to have 75% of the ground over growing something throughout the summer months. Well, I've just taken out my onions last weekend. That's left that ground empty, which I, I will be planting back up, of course. But they've obviously just inspected at the beginning of this week and seen these beds were empty. So, yeah, I've just got to 
get a load of plants into there and it'll be fine. Now I do have the broccoli rab 16 swede and various other seeds that I sowed in last week. Now they've pretty much all germinated and will need pricking out probably sometime over this next week. So I've got, I will have plenty of plants to go in and hopefully within the four weeks before the next inspection. I'm not worried in the slightest. It just means I've got to crack on in the evenings, which is easier said than done, but because I'm so busy at work at the moment. Now, today we had rain in the morning, which was really, really welcome and lovely because actually it kind of took the heat off a bit. It's been hot this week, as you well, well know. A bit too hot for me, especially in my line of work. So... Today we had rain in the morning, uh, but it dried up in the afternoon, and that meant I went and pruned my privet bushes and my ivy. Now that's not vegetable gardening related in the slightest, except what I do with the prunings. And all the prunings, and I've probably said this many, many times, but it's what I do. The prunings are thrown on the lawn and run over with a lawnmower, so they all get shredded up really nice and small. The lawnmower then collects all these uh, clippings, which goes into my compost bins. And because they're nice and small, they rot down very, very quickly. And they also can get very, very hot. And the heat will kill off any weed seeds. So for me, that, that is a method I find of getting some compost very, very quickly and of a decent quality. It also helps having the chickens, of course, because their waste gets thrown in there as well. Which is what I, I do to get a lot of my compost. Now after that, and I've been doing that a lot this evening just on my patio area, I have several pots that I grow my saffron bulbs in. Now saffron is a autumn flowering crocus, which means they get some really dark purple flowers come sort of September October time but they're dormant during the summer and these pots take up quite a bit of space which is why I'm thinking of moving them down the allotment but I also find that it's worth going through and just sort of spreading the bulbs out a bit more throughout more um, throughout more pots and just give each plant a bit more space and that's what I'm doing this for today. These will go down the allotment. In fact, they might go in the ground down the allotment. I'm not sure yet, but we'll we'll see on that. Um, so yes, all I've done is emptied every single pot out, sifted through and pulled out all the bulbs. And there's quite a few in there. And that's all I'm going to do today. Once I've finished this, I'm probably going to let the bulbs dry out for a couple of days. And then I will plant them again, either into pots again or into the ground on the allotment. I'm not sure quite yet, but I've got to make a decision very, very quickly. So that's what I've been up to today. I know I'm not going to get to the allotment or garden tomorrow because I've got big plans. Let's hope I can get something done on Monday. It's Monday, the 29th of July 2019. Just in the greenhouse at the moment, giving all my greenhouse plants a good watering. This is a greenhouse at home. Now, I haven't been down the allotment today, and I didn't go down there yesterday. So I've not got nothing to report on that. 
I will go down the allotment tomorrow, just today being podcast day, it's very important, and I get the podcast out. Now I'm just in the greenhouse, as I say, giving everything a really good watering in here. I do love having a greenhouse. The only downside is they do need a lot of watering. And I've got two greenhouses now, so I am getting very, very used to having to do a lot of watering. Now, today, as I said, it's been a late finish from work, so I've not done a huge amount of gardening. I've just been in, in the greenhouse and out in the garden, just doing a bit of watering, a bit of maintenance, harvesting a few tomatoes and blueberries and things like that. Now, it's been really, really good with the blueberries over the last few weeks. Uh, lots of blueberries are coming in and they're really nice and tasty and sweet. Got on with I do like fresh blueberries. The veggie pod. I'm going to mention the veggie pod because I am still absolutely amazed on that. In fact, I'm going to stand out and just open up the veggie pod and have a look in there. Because I am overwhelmed with how good this bit of kit is. The tomato plant in there has got some little tomatoes growing on it and as has the chilli plants, carrots, the best carrots I've grown for a long time um, and the saddard leaves, it just keeps producing saddard leaves. So much food comes out of this little base of kit. The only thing I would say is the tomato plant has tended to take over because it's quite a big plant. So. I don't think tomatoes are ideal in this if you're going to grow salads, but swings and roundabouts. So yeah, that is it for the diary for this week. Before we discuss my thoughts on these more unusual edible crops, we have a tip of the week from the RHS plant grow harvest calendar and this week's tip is move potted plants into shady corners and stand their bases in bowls of water to help them through especially hot weather well i believe we could have used that tip last week with how hot it was here in the uk i was roasting to say the least nonetheless i think there is going to be more hot weather on its way so it's going to be worth bearing that in mind and uh think about that although i do find i'm trying to move away from keeping plants in pots these days well with that tip of the week out the way let's go and discuss my thoughts on these more unusual edible crops that i've grown now i received a question this week from a listener asking me if i was grown ochre and mature this year I replied that I had given up with these plants as we didn't really use them in the kitchen and felt the growing space that they occupied would be better used for something else. This got me thinking about why I grow some more of the unusual plants and whether it was worth it. Now Ocker is an edible tuber from South America and I first read about this in a magazine where it's being portrayed as a rival to potatoes. But with many advantages as it's pest and disease free and could be grown as a perennial. All of which was true. Now I bought a few of these tubers a few years ago and proceeded to plant them. And grew them on producing more tubers. The area that they grew in the following year bounced back into life. As any tubers that were still in the ground sprouted and grew. 
In the end, though, these plants had a metre square of space and they actually needed very little looking after. And the plants themselves were actually really cool looking. The downside was we wasn't eating the tubers. Now, the tubers actually tasted pretty good. They had a sort of a lemony taste with a nutty kind of feel to them. And it was very appealing. But I think what put us off was the fact that they were pretty fiddly to prepare. And therefore, we didn't bother. Now, the tubers are kind of crinkled over with lots of little holes and gaps between them that dirt and things would sit in. But because we weren't eating them, this one metre square became this sort of area that was just being wasted. And I hate waste. But this year I dug them up and got rid of that space. And it's been used for something else. Now I did also mention Mashua. And that's another South African, South American, sorry, tuber. Also quite related to nasturtiums. And I thought that that would give the tubers a peppery taste. But in the end, I found these tubers to be really bland, and we just didn't bother. The plants themselves were actually, again, easy to grow, but difficult to overwinter. And that meant every year I would have had to buy new tubers. As I just did not like the taste of them, there was little reward, and I gave up on these. Now, the lessons that I've learned from this is that a magazine or something similar might rate these crops very highly. But if I had eaten them before I probably wouldn't have grown them. I have this rule that everything I grow I have to eat or I only grow what I eat and that's a, a good advice I give anybody really. Only grow what you eat and that's very difficult because shops don't necessarily sell everything that we could grow. And in the case of loganberries and tayberries I'd never eaten them before I had grown them. And these were actually very successful. These soft fruits, really hard to buy in a shop. They don't store well, they don't travel well, but they do taste good. As both of these plants are a bit of a cross between blackberries and raspberries and share many of the same qualities, I just... I don't find I get the masses of fruit from them, but the fruits that I do get taste so good that they accompany the raspberries and blackberries in a such good way that they just had that slight variation now these actually paid off i grew something that i'd never eaten before and that's only paid off a couple of times now one thing that also paid off with this was tiger nuts tiger nuts i grew for the first time last year and i'd never eaten them before and they were they were a heritage crop and they were grown heavily throughout the rationing period of the Second World War. These kind of nutty tubers were treated like sweets. Now, after eating them, I could see why they were popular, but and it's a complete mystery to me why they disappeared. Really easy to grow. The plants themselves grew like grass, and they would easily disguise themselves as grass. Didn't really need a huge amount of space, but I did find them a little tricky to pick out every little tuber. Now, as I grew mine in pots, it was fairly easy because all I had to do was empty the pots into a sieve and sieve for the soil and find all the tubers. And another problem I had with these is there's not a huge amount of recipes that I could find to do with these nuts. I basically just ate them like sweets. It was easy to save the seeds to sow again for the following year, which is what I've done, just didn't sow any this year. But I've also learned it's possible to make a kind of nut milk as a bit of an alternative to cow's milk from these nuts. 
I'm not sure how they would taste that lap, but when I grow them again, I will be sure to try that out. Now, I've also found that space is one of the tricky things with the more unusual plants, and this has been apparent with my saffron pots. The saffron is a spice that I use a lot in cooking, especially in something like a paella. So a few years ago, I bought a few bulbs with the intention of growing my own saffron. These bulbs, they started to grow in the autumn, and they, they're an autumn flowering crocus, and when they flower we pick the stigma and that stigma is dried and that becomes a saffron spice. But because each plant needs a fair amount of space and you only get one flower per plant, get very little in the way of spice from them. And in order to get a year-round supply I probably need half an allotment's worth of these plants. That's not to say it's not worth growing homegrown saffron at all. It's certainly far better than anything I've ever bought from the shop in terms of flavour. But they do need a lot of space and it's always worth bearing in mind if we're going to grow these sort of things. Now this is leading me into the chickpea experiment I've been carrying out this year. And I've never grown chickpeas before this year. But the plants that I've been growing, they've really piqued my interest. They're a really interesting looking plant. I would describe them as a bit like a fern. Now I have read chickpeas may not fully develop in the UK but we can eat them when they're a green, a bit of an immature stage. Still a bit early to answer this for myself but what I can tell you is my chickpea plants that I'm growing in the greenhouse, they seem to be drying out pretty nicely so they might be possible to go beyond the green stage. Now we tend to eat quite a few chickpeas in the house and I don't believe that the few plants that I've grown will provide us with anywhere near enough chickpeas to see us out throughout a whole year. I would imagine we'll need a very long row of these plants but I'm kind of excited to see how that would turn out. We use chickpeas a lot in curries and things like that and it's kind of really interesting. I'm really looking forward to trying these and seeing how they actually turn out in comparison to the shop bought stuff. Now these are a few of the unusual and interesting plants that I've grown over the last few years and um, Perhaps you've grown some of these that you have a very different opinion of. If that's the case, let me know. I also want to know if you've got some interesting plants that I should try as well. If that is the case, head over to the vegetablegrowerpodcast.co.uk and let me know. Yes, so that's the vegetablegrowerpodcast.co.uk and let me know if you've had any experience with any of these plants as well. I'm going to start wrapping up in a second, but before I go, a couple of things. Don't forget this Sunday, the 4th of August, my first live stage show with Mr. Lee Connolly, the Skinny Gin Gardener, down at the Maze Garden, just south of Chichester, a place called Siddlesham. I will add links to the blog post if anybody is interested in attending. If, if you are coming, let us know. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be lovely to see you. Now... Another thing, of course, as always, don't forget to visit the website, thevegetgrowerpodcast.co.uk. Email me, richard at thevegetgrowerpodcast.co.uk, or you can find me on social media and any other things. I think it's time now to pack up this garden and head on in. So until next time, please take care, and I will see you again next time. <laughs>